Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This week on Rockstar Superhero. My guests today, Brandon and Caleb from sci-fi math metal pioneers Serling, have developed a new type of progressive deathcore and created a sound so terrifying and new that closet metal lovers everywhere are clamoring for their unique approach to the genre. They've created a strange new sound which is amazingly compelling, especially since it oftentimes sounds as though animals are being dismembered between your ears. The new 13-track album, Next Stop Willoughby, drops in a few weeks, so we had to chat because this band and this music is notable. So let's get straight to the noise and the humor of my highly eccentric guests. This is Serling, and this is Rockstar Superhero. I love what I've heard from you guys. It's bonkers cool crazy it's as esoteric as it gets and you know i know you got the new record coming out there's a lot going on which is probably not normal for you in daily life in rural maine you know but <laughs> i'm curious if, if we can start out with something pretty basic is how does how does that local culture color you or inspire you for that matter to create something as bonkers as serling because that stuff isn't normal, right? That has to be sort of bred in childhood, and I'm curious where where that comes from. Uh, comes mostly, from yeah, uh, most, <laughs> yeah, say it's me. Um, <laughs> basically, um, when I uh, I grew up in the sticks, of course, so gotcha. I uh, right could only do a few things. So I could pick <laughs> up an outside hobby an inside hobby oh. and then if those two don't involve huffing glue and i don't know huffing glue inside <laughs> i might actually do something neat with myself so i chose skateboarding and music and so after blowing out my knees because i'm terrible at one thing i just hung out in my room with swollen knees just practicing sweep arpeggios <laughs> and learning Victor Wooten bass tapping and stuff like that nice. until I eventually got into a band um, that my mom would have to drive me to practices and all that kind of stuff because <laughs> this was during high school and they, they were in a completely different school. Sure. And uh, things sort of just grew from there. Um, they all helped me out with uh, new music and things like that. So things mm -hmm. just sort of grew from there. Yeah, yeah, so Caleb was really like the inspiration for me. Um, nice. He he's the one that really got me into crazy fucking music, um, and just helped broaden my palette. I really only played like four four music for most of my life. For real? Yeah, like uh, odd time signatures. I mean, even playing three four just really wasn't a thing that I used to do ever. Um, wow. It was okay. it was Caleb that actually like got me to sort of step out of my comfort zone and listen to different bands and. Then eventually started, I mean, I remember when we first used to jam together back in the day, years ago, it was just 
he would try to show me a riff that wasn't four four, and it, it just sounded awful. It was terrible. It just it just kind of grew from there. Like I guess I eventually just sort of took the challenge. And, yeah. Uh, so I have to give Caleb all the props. He's the reason. We're the power of the whiteboard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, writing numbers on a whiteboard and saying we're going to play this this many times, this this many times. Yeah, because you if it's a, that, it's a visual thing. If I tell him, okay, this part's in seventeen, and I tell him, give me a four count, we'll work it out. No one's going to have fun with me. Right. But if I write on a whiteboard, two, three, four, one, one, three, four, and I'm like, okay, I have this rip. Da, 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 da. That's it. That's all we're right. going to do. So right. I just move it back and forth. And these numbers, I'm going to follow these numbers. And now everyone can play and no one realizes we're playing something in 17 or something. Yeah. That, I mean, isn't that really the Meshuggah approach, right? Just memorizing the math associated with the song. Uh, Meshuga tends to, um, they would have like a riff that they would write, let's say it's in seven. Right. Um, but the, the riffs themselves have to fit in a 16 bar. Right. So they'll, they'll write a seven and then another seven and then they got 14 and now we need another two. So for a two count, either they'll have a rest or a drum fill and then all of a sudden they're back. So those arms can stay right. in a four, four, but the feet are doing something stupid that, I still can't figure out. I'm still yeah. studying Catch 33 like it came out last oh, week. Yeah, Shed. Shed is yeah. one of those great pieces of material that absolutely drew me in. It caught me right off the bat. The riff worked. It flowed, even though, like you mentioned, the, the polyrhythms and the and the the sort of the the hidden meters inside of a traditional mm -hmm. phrase. Mm -hmm. is is a really wild thing i knew the answer but i had to ask for my audience. oh it's fine it's, fine. it's <laughs> fine. i'm a drummer i don't know yeah. if you know this but yeah 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 that's really cool you know what i love about this brandon you mentioned this a second ago is is like all you were was a four on the floor kind of guy right basic mm -hmm. common time but you know i bring this up a lot lately it's the idea of the uh sub four minute mile it's like until somebody does it in front of you, you don't believe it can be done. And and, yeah. and it sounds to me like you just didn't grasp, you know, odd meters, et cetera, until, yeah. you know, fortunately for you, you bet you met your buddy in math class probably. <laughs> and and the next thing you know, right, you're learning <laughs> how to play through this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh like I don't even know how we really I mean, I used to I loved, I've always loved music with breakdowns. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do, but you know, four, four breakdowns were like my forte. So you, everyone will notice, you know, the more you listen to Serling, you know, we have a lot of heavy breakdowns, but we try to make them fucky. <laughs> like they're not just typical four, four breakdowns. <laughs> they have to just like, like some end earlier than others. Some are more extended than others. You know, it's mm. just um, sort of taking what I used to do and just sort of messing with it. Caleb, Caleb actually used a really good quote um, when we did a different interview where he said a lot of Serling is the, is harvesting dead organs of past projects that we have and just totally retooling them. We, <laughs> most things that we have for most songs come from other projects that we've done, but we're like, okay, we're going to tweak that. Some things we don't need to tweak. Some things we're just already in nine and we're like, we're going to keep that, but we're going to yeah. change the riff per se. Yeah. Um, so it was just just thinking of things differently and thinking, you know, I love these breakdowns. I love these sections. Now let's let's mess with them a little bit. Let's actually yeah. like tweak these and just have people be like, this is this is unconventional, but sick. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> 
I mean, it's wildly ambitious music. I mean, I, I, of course, that's what I'm drawn to as well, right? I mean, as a listener, it's really it's really fun to to bring something challenging, injected into my brain, right? But but as a drummer, as a musician myself, I'm listening for the bits and the pieces, right? You you said fucky a second ago, and I love that <laughs> term because it's so true. It it absolutely messes with you. But but the beauty of it, it's it's like playing a really hard video game. You're trying to find the solution, and when you finally do. It, 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 the flow happens, right? You're just like, oh God, I've been released. It's like an orgasm without, <laughs> without, you know, the cleanup on aisle five. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. As oh, I, yeah. as I, as I crinkle my hands together, like a, <laughs> like a 55 year old pervert. Orgasm. My <laughs> lands in half my palm as well. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have to ask you this question then, um, and then we'll get away from the influence questions. But, you know, the little kid thing, I mean, right? We're all formed. You've read it, right? We are who we are once we're in kindergarten. Like, like if we're crazy, it's because we were crazy in kindergarten, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm curious, was, was music a big defining factor for you as really young kids because Caleb you said a second ago you know like it was like here my choices were pretty limited but I'm curious how much of it comes from maybe a childhood rooted in you know I don't know adult contemporary music because that's what your parents were listening to what what inspired you back then I think it um was seeing one of my cousins play guitar uh -huh. wow. Cause I would hear guitar and whatever and I'd be like, Oh, I know what that is, you know, kind of thing, but never really got interested until I saw someone do it in front of me. Um, my dad played guitar a little bit, but I never really got to see him play. He just sort of had one and never really touched it. So I was like, Oh, it's a guitar is basically the same thing as a coat hanger. It's just something you put in the corner of your house. And hmm. you know, it's a, one of those Decoration. willow tree dolls that your mom's got and all this kind of stuff. It's just a piece of furniture. Wow. until i saw someone play it and played a song that i recognized i'm like oh you can do that that's neat and uh yeah so that basically started my interest but yeah. i didn't think at that time i would take it this far where i'm a 33 year old <laughs> child with a room full of guitars and amps and going yeah it's still really cool and i'm playing in a genre no one listens to it's really <laughs> awesome <laughs> Yeah, you're still seeking to fill the God-sized hole. <laughs> How many guitars does it take to get to the center of that lick? <laughs> oh, my God. So what about you, Brandon? How did drums happen for you outside of the four-on-the-floor stuff? Um, well, the first influence was my grandmother. I grew up with, and lived with my grandmother, and she used to play acoustic all the time. She played old country. Wow. Um, you know, like she grew George up like oh, yeah. old, old, old stuff, George oh, yeah. Jones, or like, like old, old 1940s type <laughs> crazy twangy have sex with your half cousin type. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she used to play, <clears throat> she used to play also Willie Nelson, Charlie pride all the time. She, yeah. I mean, she, she was my first exposure to music. Really. I saw how much she enjoyed it. And I remember initially thinking that I wanted to pick up guitar because she used to play guitar. I think it was, I remember when I just got into middle school, that's when I started branching out, started listening to some, like my first exposure to hard rock was like Metallica. Oh. So that sort of took me into like, I like this heavy, heavier music rather than just country. And then it grew from there. And I remember my buddy had a really busted up drum set. 
like it was crap. <laughs> it was absolute crap. But no one played drums. Everyone I knew played guitar, and I couldn't. I I couldn't grasp the concept of guitar no matter how much I tried. So sure. one day I just got on that busted kit and I tried to play. Uh, I tried to play Loco by Coal Chamber with my friends, <laughs> and uh, like I, I remember just I actually picked up some beats, and I think that was when I first realized like I think I might be able to do this. Wow. Um, I literally learned by ear. I never, I was not classically trained. I would listen to songs and I would try to repeat the drums that I thought I heard on the track gotcha. and it just grew. I was the only one that even had any remote interest in drums and everyone played stringed instruments. So it just sort of, be I was just became the default and then yeah. Yeah. it just went from there. I imagine you have really great ears too, because typically, you know, like for people who learn by ear, um, it's interesting too, because nowadays if you go on to YouTube and you watch a, you know, a, a, I don't know a tribute video, whatever the hell they're called, you know, somebody plays your song. Um, you can tell when they're, when it's not quite right. I mean, you can mm -hmm. just always tell the ghost notes are wrong or there's right. The bass drum pattern is incorrect. And I find myself being super judgmental, mm -hmm. but, but I, there's something about a drummer with great ears. And I imagine Caleb will tell you it's true is, is that man, we are the Kings of helping you arrange that song. We know how to take the intangible pieces and stick them together and sort of finalize how how a piece of music works right i mean do you guys as a duo do you find songwriting together is a chore or is it e is it easy easy as shit i think it's pretty easy for the two of us and that's not trying to sound egotistical or anything sure. i think we, our just, writing, we just know each other yeah our writing process is also completely backwards <laughs> um basically i get sent a drum track without nice. any context or anything so i don't know what he's going to send me Wow. So I get sent a full drum track that's like three minutes long, and now I get to figure out what to do over it. So I just sit here and jam out to a drum track, and then I send it back to him, and now he's got a song that he knows he's familiar with the drums, but everything else that's happening now is, oh, this is it. This is cool. I can yeah. work with this. So, um, yeah. But most of pretty, pretty much all of these songs... Um, haven't really like been jammed out and worked out in the natural way us in a room sweating it out trying to figure out this riff or how to transition into the next part because again a majority of the riffs that we're using were in projects that we busted our ass on for several months and then all of a sudden someone moved or someone just isn't calling anymore or yeah, it, you know it, yeah. it just goes complete to shit and now we have, you know, eight songs that we were ready to start recording. I thought we were ready to at least maybe put a set together for a show and then kaputs. Project done. All of that hard work goes to waste. Not with us. We mm. were like, remember that neat part in that emo <laughs> band we were doing for a while? Why don't we take that and, <laughs> and then do that same progression that we did, just do it in a completely different context. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and we also, I mean, outside of just that, I should also mention... Caleb really got me into thinking about like, there's different ways you can write rhythms, whether it's on drums or anything. So for instance, uh, I like Caleb, we used Caleb's address for one of okay. our sections. Like, great. Uh, like it was, uh, like one, two, four, zero. I'm just going to throw right, some right. numbers. <laughs> so that's literally like the rhythm. It's just one, one, two, one, two, three, four, pause. 
repeat like you just nice. kind of yeah and and morse code too we will use dots and dashes from certain things like we have we have an upcoming project down the line that we use the uh, morse code for the word hot dog and <laughs> we can go into more detail about that later in life but the morse code for hot dog turned into okay the dots are ghost notes and the dashes are three chugs <laughs> and that's you literally just go in sequence and to the and people just listen to it for the first time they're like i have no idea how they're counting this but we're like no nah, it's, it's fucking hot dog and morse code <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know that's a that's a really rad idea you know back in um i'm a lot older than you guys and back in the late 80s i actually auditioned for the navy band to be in like the navy protocol combos oh, yeah? and like do that whole big band jazz thing yeah and i did it and i made it but one of the things that i had to do um and and, and i'm telling you this not not to heat praise, but so you guys could do this as well, is this guy had actually said to me, he said, what you do is, is if you want to learn how to twist the music up is, is everything that is a, uh, a quarter note or shorter that's on the snare or a tom. And everything that's longer than a quarter note is on your bass drum. And then you have, you know, your ride pattern, pick a ride pattern and play it, whatever. It's a samba. If it's a swing thing, it doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. then that's how you end up at, but that don't, don't, bat, da, don't, da, don't, bat, right? And that's how mm -hmm. you end up with that flow. And I know a couple of guys who've actually written similar to what you're talking about with the Morse thing is, is um, saying, yeah, we're going to assign notes or chugs to a specific type of right rhythm just to, see what comes from it and then oh wow this is a really great idea um and i'm curious because you guys are math core <laughs> i hate that term kind of because it, it's it's a little ambiguous but but does the core aspect of what you're doing does it bend more towards like the death metal death core thing because of the like the screams and the growls and the howls or 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 is it more towards something else that is yet undiscovered because you guys have a wildly unique sound that I'm still trying to figure out. Uh, I think it's a combination of um, both of our backgrounds a little bit. Um, growing up when I uh, would find these certain bands that really uh, scratched that itch for me, they uh, tended to be a bit more um, on the outside of things, uh, bands like Psyopus, Converge, Number 12 Looks Like You, a little bit yeah. more spazzy, a little bit more out there, some jazz influence. You know, it wasn't just constant, you know. Right. Um, but uh, Brandon, on the other hand, it was, you know, he's a deathcore kid from way back. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't, there were a handful of bands that I would listen to that were deathcore from the prime years. And it was like, yeah, these guys are incredible. They're, they don't, they're not they don't have any jazz numbers or jazz solos in there but it's still yeah i'm i have a three-hour drive yeah let's run this right there's it's no dance set. party for this yeah stuff. <laughs> yeah so uh combining that stuff i mean the odd time signature thing is kind of a must for me because if i'm playing in four four constantly i have to be doing something almost too outlandish um just to keep myself interested i get bored quickly which is mm. probably the biggest reason why i'll never really make money in music because i can't play sweet caroline <laughs> on a pier at the beach during a wedding and make actual real money i literally feel like the soul is getting sucked out of me yeah. so i have to write a breakdown in seven with an eight string and i'm going to look for a nine string and then maybe a ten string just to keep myself interested um 
but yeah why not why not yeah yeah oh you get what do you get to get a war guitar i mean as many strings as possible i mean that that's fine yeah 14 yeah (laughs) to the point where i don't even have to tune i just have to count the rattles off the fretboard and be like yeah that sounds about right yeah that's subsonic enough yeah 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 that's good enough (laughs) only because i find it interesting is it musically palpable no but i don't care at this point i have 14 strings on a guitar but combining those two things you get us in a way where um i'm not really i'm cutting off a bit of what i would like to do in a project and so is brandon with you know i you know usually doing four four kind of stuff strictly deathcore i'm sure he would love to do a strictly deathcore project where it's all gravity blast and stuff like that i would like to add upright bass over that kind of stuff but that's not gonna work out no one's gonna care well, we so, might do it someday. Yeah. Maybe someday. I was going to say, leave. please I'll do leave. it because that sounds really <laughs> badass. I would really like to check that out. Blast beats and upright bass. Yeah, yep. man. Baby, yep. bring it. You know, yep. It's a violin maybe while you're at it. Yeah. So meeting in the middle is where we are with Serling. Okay. So. Okay. So then the whole math core genre, you know, I mean, I, I know it's, again, it's kind of played out and, and it's a really easy way to assign something to what you do. But what I love about you guys, at least from what I've experienced so far, is is there doesn't seem to be any rules. It's like all all bets are off. And I'm curious, where does that courage come from? Because I get it. We live in a world nowadays where celebrity and the idea of being a rock star and all that, it's a bunch of crap, right? The idea of making money in in, in any way, shape, or form in the music business is a bunch of crap. So you got to do it because you love it. But I mean, but where does the wildness, where does the balls, where does the insanity come from? Because I know I've asked this question kind of a, a couple different ways earlier, but I, I still don't, I still don't know maybe how this happens. Like it's just, it's such absurd, somehow palatable at the same time music. It it just doesn't. That's why I'm so excited to talk to you because it doesn't yeah. make any freaking sense. You guys shouldn't exist. You're like a, a <laughs> you're like a you're like a toxin. It doesn't make sense. And I mean, you're laughing. I mean, That's what I love about it. You're like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Really, that awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you like, we really shouldn't exist. Like when no. I tell people, like, no, I'm in a when I tell people I'm a Twilight Zone inspired math core band. People are like, fucking excuse me. (laughs) Why is probably the first question. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for my wife. She's just like, cool. (laughs) Why does it need to be based on a 50s, 60s TV show that no one cares about? Um, And I'm like, because we love it. It's just just what we do. We just, I, I, our process is almost like, I mean, Caleb touched upon it where I send him a drum track. So I almost think about it like, I don't know if these are the right things to use. Like almost like people that make a movie, like it's almost like I'm the, I don't know if you want to put me in the director or producer role. Like I set that initial like narrative and then I send it to Caleb and then he produces what happens. I mean, we literally, the whole process from soup to nuts is drum track from me goes to Caleb. Caleb makes up guitar and bass to it completely off the cuff. And then I write the lyrics based on the particular episode we're naming this after. And then Caleb does the vocals. Like, wow, that's our, that's our setup. That's our flow. So it's very unconventional. It shouldn't exist, but it's what works for us at this time, just in our lives of how we have to make stuff work. 
And it's basically only because over the past several years of knowing each other, we've always been together in mm -hmm. several different projects. Mm -hmm. So we start a project. Oh, it's, just, it's oh, Brandon's back. Cool. And we're doing a project. And then it, it fails. Someone, everyone else who is important it just always disappears. Fails. And then it's we're talking like three or four projects that have... Uh, fail. Uh, we've, fail. We've done a pop punk alternative project. We've been in a, in a, a math rock project. We've been in a deathcore project. We've been in, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We've been in like every single thing yeah. think of like, it's just, and, and it eventually came to me. Like I literally hit up Caleb one day. I was like, all right, no more bullshit. No one else. You and I, but, but see, that's it. That's but it. that's it. I, I, without interrupting you, Brandon, that is yeah. it. If people recognize there's something about like, you know how, like if you come home in a really shitty mood and you slam the door. Now I'm not talking about the the noise of slamming the door, but, but if you, even if you hadn't slammed the door, your wife would say, uh, something, something wrong, right? Like, like she mm -hmm. would know, right? The energy precedes you. Yeah. There's something about truth telling, especially in the creative space, right? Whether it's music, painting, it doesn't matter. I know when you're full of shit, when you're trying to achieve something, you're, you're not really supposed to. It's mm -hmm. just not made for you. And the beauty is, certainly, and I think that's why it's working. That's why guys like me are discovering you. That's why it's starting to happen. I mean, you guys even haven't, haven't been around in this iteration very long, but it feels so truthful that you'll at least listen to it. And some people, of course, will have a, a negative reaction because it's just not their thing. They don't understand it. It's ugly, whatever whatever they want to call it. Mm -hmm. But then guys like me will listen to it and say, wow, okay, so this is challenging. I want to learn how to play this. I want to turn my friends onto it. I want to see mm -hmm. the reaction of them listening to this. I want to see if they hate it. I want to see if they love it. It's all, <laughs> the, it's all the things. It's like watching a really, really violent movie with a friend and you can't wait to see the guy get disemboweled because your friend is going to freak out and that's the music i'm glad you're putting us in that in that bracket there that i'm honored i'm honored honestly yeah yeah inside well, out livestock baby yeah yeah no i i am absolutely honored i i a few bands come to mind when i uh want to just show it to people just to see their reaction it's either infant annihilator or billy the mountain by frank zappa oh god yeah yeah yes. well infant annihilator is a whole nother thing i don't even i don't even i don't even know how much of that is actually real like ashton i i mean still to this day and brandon probably agrees with me i don't know if that's actually played i mean i know he supposedly but so many people including like samus online he's like mm -hmm. dude no way nobody's playing Mm -hmm. You know, 400 BPM, 64th notes. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. Like, the, like offered your soul to Satan type stuff. That's, it's impossible, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, uh, Infinite Annihilator is almost the same thing that we have going on because yeah. uh, the drummer and the guitarist are in Black Tongue and they sure. are very real. Yeah. But, you know, there's probably some downtime and the guitarist and the drummer just probably live together and get bored. So now they, hey, let's do some 400 BPM. <laughs> It's insane. <laughs> Never heard anything like it. Yeah, it's incredible. I yeah, love it. Yeah. I don't care I that, it's, that yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like it's got to be fake, but <laughs> I don't even care because I'm just I'm just listening to it and I'm just like, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad somebody had the insanity to make it because it doesn't belong, but it's there anyway. Yes. Yeah, my first exposure to that was uh, uh was it uh, we came with broken teeth when I heard this band and like. 
I was like, these drums sound too fast and too crazy to be fake. <laughs> Turns out they were completely fake, 100% fake. Um, but just the first time you hear it is you're just like, you're like, holy shit. Like it's, I don't know. It just makes you feel a certain way. And regardless, I mean, I don't care if things are real or fake. I just, if I can, I just want it to intrigue me. That's, yeah. that's, that's really all that it is. It just, that's yeah. what I look for these days. So, okay. So you've told me, you've detailed out a bit about how you, how you've write, excuse me, how you've written songs. Um, you know, obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but Caleb has said that, look, I, I listen to, you know, these beats and I'm coming up with new ideas. But I'm curious, is the whole idea behind the band outside of an homage to Rod Serling, which we'll get to in a moment here, but is it to go further than your predecessors? I mean, is it to, to push your own boundaries? Is it to confuse an audience? I mean, is there a, is there a, is there a point to the madness there is a, a point and there are strict rules that I go by um, with this project in particular. Um, the main rule that we have is when we write songs, we need to make sure that they are possible live. So I already have like a live rig put together. Um, there isn't four guitar tracks going on at the same time. I'm not splitting up chord progressions between panning anything that's being done on the album i i can reproduce live um as well as brandon um so we have with just a two-person project we have you know do we ever want to play live or do we not want to but we right. do want to in the future so that restricts everything down pretty hard mm -hmm. and what do we have it's an eight string a voice and drums right so i have just like the white stripes <laughs> yeah just like the white stripes <laughs> And I'm doing Often the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> doing the same thing he's doing. Splitting yeah, rigs. Yeah. You're married too. Yeah. You're just not telling us, but you're married. Oh, I mean, it would probably work out better. Our, I mean, look our, at him. Our he's wives gorgeous. Had enough. <laughs> <laughs> our wives would be way happier. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so no, I mean that makes total sense. But okay, so now mentioning Jack White a second ago, here's a thought. You know, Jack White, as you know, is an eccentric to the nth degree. And that dude, I mean, he upholsters furniture for fun, right? He's a he's a he's an out there dude. So so there's a question. So is there is there a major influence on your creativity that isn't from a traditional place? You know, do you do something like uh are you a mechanic in your off time? You know, like what do you do to inspire yourself creatively that comes from an odd place? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, um, like I do other stuff. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, okay, but I mean, like, I mean, I'm not trying I, I to confuse you. you know? No, no, I'm just trying to think. Like, you know, what sort of, you know, uh, I mean, this this project has really been like very consuming for me. Like, I mean, I like, I mean, I don't post or I don't. I don't make furniture or anything, but like, I, I really like to just be involved in music any way I can. Like I love to promote other artists. I love to, uh, and Sir Sterling does that a lot. You know, I do that a lot of, across all of our social media pages and I try to just get other people out there. I try to, I don't know. I try to take inspiration from other people, see what inspires them. See if I can also gain some inspiration from that, whether it's a mm -hmm. hobby, whether it's just a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. um about music itself um 
Cause I mean, my life's just so crazy with a one year old and working full time right now that yeah. really my hobby is literally always trying to think of like in my free time, I'm literally jotting notes or I'm thinking in my head, how can I use either a previous beat or make up a new beat and just totally fuck it up. Like that's literally my thought process these days is like, how can I make this different? And mm. that's, that's like my goal. It's like how I challenge myself these days is, okay, you can play this for four or four for a couple measures, but then how are you going to just totally mess it up? How are you going to do something that people aren't thinking of? So I guess that's sort of how I challenge myself. Nice. These nice. days. Nice. And it serves as payback for me making him play in seven for his first time. Now I get a drum track with no context behind it. And I'm, I'm recording and everything's in four, four. I'm like, all right, cool. This is just the middle part. That's fine. And now stuff's in seven. And then the next, literally the next measure goes down to six and then five. And I'm like, and I have to text him and go, dude, fuck you, dude. And he goes, yes, yes, I got him. <laughs> nice. Nice. Are you guys familiar with a uh, yawn from Norway? I don't think so. No, you should check them out. Not, uh, not to sort of Just spam you like off. Yawn, this, like I'm yawning. As in, as in, oh, uh, yeah, yawn. Okay. From from Norway, they're all like you know music college, like Berkeley. If there's such a thing of if, if there's such a thing as a Berkeley in Oslo, they all met at this college and they're all just monster musicians and all they do is play in polyrhythms and odd times and i think you guys would dig it for what it's worth so almost um, like dream theater kind of way weird i mean way weirder like i mean like <laughs> like everything like it's not polyrhythms as much as it is time signatures that have been stretched across so it's very zappa-esque you know you got a bar of seven and you got 18 beats in that bar of seven and they think and they figure out the subdivisions. It's really, really cool stuff. I'm into so, it. So check uh, it out. Caleb already likes this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so so uh, one of the things about my show is about the artist, uh, like from the beginning, right? Kind of how do we get through? How do we survive? Because almost every artist I know is seeking to be loved a little more or to be heard a little more or to be inspired or to be inspiring, right? We're always looking to... Be important. And I'm not saying you guys are, but but a lot of artists are. I mean, I'm definitely one of those guys who wants to yeah. make my mark, right? Whatever that means. Yeah. And in turn, the crazier we are and the more esoteric we are, guys like you, guys like me, is we tend to be self-destructive as well. And I'm curious, do you guys have a self-destructive habit that you've actually figured out how to turn for good? Or do you just have to overcome certain aspects of crazy in your life so you can create with Serling? I mean, that's a pretty deep question. Um, as far as any self-destructive things that, I mean, I do in my nonsense, um, I think the one thing that keeps me going with this is I've basically stripped everything down to just one hobby, mm. which is dangerous. Um, in that case, I, I'm always turned on to music. Like okay. if I am walking up to some old sawmill equipment or whatever, I'm going to hit an old saw blade with and listen to it and be like, oh, that's cool. I should record that on my phone and use it for like, like no matter where I'm at, if there's a wet window on a car, I'm going, <laughs> you know, just to yeah. hear, you know, just to get inspiration from anything. Cause I'm just, it's music all 24 seven in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. have anything else. I, I'm not looking to rebuild a motorcycle by any 
means. I mean, it sounds neat, but I, it's not my world. I can't lock in to such a thing. So, um, as far as anything else that I do, I, I mean, I like beer, but I mean, I'm not really (laughs) drinking 12 a night to try and cope with some depression that I only have one hobby. The real problem would be is if I get in a car accident and lose an arm. Yeah. Then you'll find me on the news in about a week, probably. No, then you just do the you do the uh the Rick what's his name from uh oh for God's sake, Def Leopard, you know. But you you just come up with a pedal that plays like pre-programmed guitar tones or something. I mean, still though, I, one stub. of the first jokes I've ever heard was what has seven arms and no talent, and that's Def Leppard. <laughs> and it's it's I, I can't I can't I can't live like that. It's it's not gonna work. It's not gonna okay. work. A nine-string guitarist with one hand, great. I I like them because I feel bad. <laughs> like, what 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 oh, do we, we do? We should stop right there. That's a, that's a that's a gorgeous way to end. Oh, oh my god, that's great. Oh well, so okay, so this is this is getting out of control. This is a good thing. I like this. I like this a lot. So yeah, I was gonna say my answer to that was not like yeah yeah <laughs> was, I want to hear not, well what's your answer it's not like his um it's total opposite I mean you uh it, like you mentioned you know the the need to like you want like I don't know just want some sort of validation with what you're doing as an artist I think that's that can be my destructive tendency sometimes because. I have to be honest, this project is the most successful project I've ever been a part of. And some people might think that's sad, <laughs> but, but I mean, seriously, we put out our first EP in August of last year. Yeah, it is now, it is it. now April. Mm-hmm. We're about to drop our first full length next month already. We already like, it just happened so quickly. Like we literally, we put out the EP and I thought, I thought this project was just going to be like something neat we do in our free time. It has turned into, I mean, people from projects that we admire and look up to have reached out to us and been like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. It is. Like, I mean, the fact that we got Adam from Oceano on our last track because he was doing a Twitch stream and he was taking song requests and I submitted one of our songs and he listened to it and he went nuts. <laughs> Yeah. While he was listening to it, and we were yeah. both watching a stream, and I, I asked a question. I'm like, "Would you ever do a feature with something like this? I know it's not your norm." And he literally just goes, "He goes, I'll do it for free. You guys hit me up tomorrow. I'll do it. Wow. This is this is awesome, absolutely insane." And I, a sweetheart, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and, and just like, but it's taken off. Like, I mean, my goal for us with the, when we released our next album, I was like, "Okay." I hope to get to a thousand monthly listeners at some point, like on Spotify, for instance, if we could reach a thousand monthly listeners, cause we reached 500 at one point, I was like, maybe a thousand is attainable right now. We're at 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Our album day. hasn't even dropped. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like yeah. like how, how is this happening? So my, my destruction can sometimes come from, I then think of like, well, what can I do to make us reach more people? What can I do to be, you know, I, I don't, I guess I'm going to use the term cooler. Like how can we be cooler to these people that think we're cool? Like, but then I, I have to rein myself back and be like, you don't do that. Don't start reaching out to people about collaboration on songs simply no. because you want clout, right. I guess. Right. I don't want to do that. I don't want to shy away from what has made us successful, which right. is just, I mean, 
I, I want to keep taking inspiration from music that inspires me, but I want other people to also do the same for us. And I want us to keep building off each other. I don't want to try to just think of how can I just try to gain more success now? Like if I need to just keep with, if people like it, people like it. Like I just need to write what I think is good and not try to think of what do I think the masses will like? That's sometimes I get in that thought process and I need to tell myself to stop because it's but not, it's, it's, it's not what got us here. I mean, it's something I need someone yes. like Brandon to actually think that way. Cause I'm throwing pebbles at trees, <laughs> hoping for a different sound and I can occupy myself with that. Cause that's music technically, but someone else to yeah. pay attention to Spotify numbers, making sure our music actually gets out there. Cause mostly what I do is I create something and I send five emails to five of my friends and they just go, Oh, neat. And then that's it. I've released a song, <laughs> but he'll actually do the right thing. And actually I think of the marketing aspect yeah, of it, of how I we're going to get this I out don't. there. And yeah. you know, yeah, it's just like, that's, that's what I've done. I mean, that's how we've gotten some things that we've gotten like for Adam, for instance, monthly listeners, like, you know, right. it's just, it's, it's happened, but I have to stop myself again from just, trying to get in almost like that clout mindset of like, yeah. how can I, how can I make this bigger? It's like, don't, don't focus on that. Like embrace the reaction that you've gotten. Yes. It's fucking awesome. But you know, just keep doing what you're doing because clearly people like it. Yeah. You, you don't become something you're not just keep doing what you're doing. And apparently people will embrace it. Cause they have, I mean, wh yeah. When I when Seth just randomly saw one of our tracks online and was like, these guys are sick. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like the guy from Weston Superman. Yeah. The guy with the eight minute fucking songs that are sick is yeah. listening to us and going, This is rad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like I'm like, yeah. holy, holy shit. Like yeah. that's I don't know, just some of the reactions we've seen. I'm just like, how? <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> people liking it. There's there's something so cool about it. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about before, which is it's honest, you see. And and the beauty of what you guys have created is it's singular. I mean, I know that word gets played out. Guys like me, you know, we use it to puff up our our, our listeners or our, you know what I mean, or the you know our guests. But but the reality is, is what you're doing is truly unique. It, there's just nothing that sounds like Serling, and it couldn't have happened had it not been obviously the duo, right? You two, it couldn't happen if you didn't write the way you wrote and it couldn't have happened if you had stuck with what you were doing previously. You, mm -hmm. you need to be you. And the only way you can be you is to run full on gauntlet at the, at the barbed wire. You know what I mean? And, 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 and the fact that you picked this as an homage as well to one of the greatest hosts slash writers in television history is really badass because now you got guys like me going, well, what does next stop Willoughby mean? Right. And, and, and yet, <laughs> and yet I kind of knew, I, I just knew there was going to be a cool reference like that. And sure enough, of course, you know, when, once you look it up, you're like, Oh, it's a twilight zone episode. I see what you did there. <laughs> but, but I, I just love that. It's true. It, that it's real and, and there isn't a question here but just man don't stop doing that thing because your audience it's the distillation thing right your audience goes well oh right and and then and then and and everybody else falls away because it's too weird or it's too something for them and that's fine that's fine yeah. they're not for you we've had that yeah and, 
And then the guys like, you know, like Seth, the Western Superman, call me up. And all of a sudden that one becomes three, becomes 19, becomes 150, you know, and 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 it's because guys like us, we're crazy people. So we <laughs> like crazy stuff and mm-hmm. we like stuff that is challenging and and daring and yeah, maybe a little like weird i mean like maybe maybe i don't like it but i admire it so no i like it but but, but, but you know but you know what i mean you don't maybe, have maybe, to right Just but i don't have to i mean like look i'm not a like i'm not a death guy at all i'm not like at all like even kind of the thing that i've found is i've gotten older my tastes have started to move towards the extreme it's like it's like sexual proclivities you go from vanilla to crazy right mm-hmm. and 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 it's the same thing with the music. And so I would have never listened to Serling or Monasteries or you know name a death metal. Ba- I would have never considered it ten years ago. I would have said that sucks. Mm-hmm. But but for some reason I have been opened up. And and the beauty of what you create is you've provided a mathematic solution to fill me up, and that's badass. So. I've been in the, I've, I mean, I've been in the same boat. I mean, yeah. that's, I, I t- like you said, 10 years ago, I was literally, I, I had literally said multiple times, Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza sucks. This band yeah. blows. Yeah. Don't this this it, music yeah. doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And Caleb got me into them more. And now they're my top listen to artists on Spotify. Like <laughs> they're one of my biggest influences. I watch yeah. their ex guitarists on his Twitch streams. Like, yeah. and I'm like, play this song. Like, you know, <laughs> now I'm begging him to play Tony Danza. Like, yeah. you know, it's, no, it's, it's just weird how people evolve. So if, if, yeah. if I had listened to Serling 10 years ago, I would have said, you know, at the time, you know, cool. Twilight Zone's my favorite show but this band sucks <laughs> like, i wouldn't have liked this it would have been right up ago. my alley yeah he he's always been like this. Yeah. well but yeah people grow and so yeah and, and 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 on top of it, it without i'm sorry for interrupting you i i oh, I, I, I do this sometimes brandon <laughs> i'm sorry um but you know what i love about it the most actually is the production values i like the fact that you you produce this record at least what i've heard of it not like anything else. The the tones are very very different. They they don't they don't nothing sounds traditional on this record. It's very it's like if Rings of Saturn and and Tomahawk right. I mean it's just this combination of wild and almost annoying disparate musical influences mm-hmm. and then you decided to put a compressor on top of it and then and then almost it's almost like the, the vocals are backward masked right because it's just everything is everything is like inverted and is pulling it's there it doesn't feel like anything is pushing at you does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah um the way i record and do um all of that stuff all of that every single bit of the mix is definitely uh on purpose um there's quite a few albums from back in the day 2004 to 2009 uh some of the mixes that were coming out back then are really ingrained in me heavily um early converge stuff uh the chariot um all of those mixes that seem to be live but not really punchy I mean, you can crank them up in your car and and you'll achieve it. But as far as the modern mixes and things of that nature that are going on, periphery, animals as leaders, stuff like that, 
nothing's really attaching itself to my psyche as hard as the things that were back then hearing a lot of feedback when, when someone hitting a snare i can hear it in the guitar feedback at the mm -hmm. same time all of that nuanced stuff is like slowly going away um in the genres that i listen to and it bumps me out so by doing things the way we do in serling we get to uh keep things in-house which is ideal and um, not really get that super modern mix that I think is slowly but surely being done to death. And yeah. it's not going, either it will just keep going or it won't. I don't care either way. But I want to continue on with having us just decide where this goes mix-wise. So things might improve later uh, if I take it to someone who, someone else for mastering which we did for the album. So things have a bit more of a low end and are much louder than the EP. Um, so I don't mind taking other things for mastering, but as far as the mix, I definitely want to be in charge of because that is basically the third member yeah. of this project for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 The, 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 the tones again, the tones, what I don't know, I guess I have to say this is, Please don't gloss it up. <laughs> like, oh no like, no no like we're ever, not like we're like not. like like the it's such a raw it here's the thing it's so well performed I, I I can hear it a mile away the the musicianship is top notch obviously I don't care about edits and fixes because that's part of the business but I but I also love the beauty of um accidental room noise mm -hmm. uh, right the 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 strange oddball pieces of this recording and the fact that it isn't a com highly insanely compressed just loud record mm -hmm. for the sake of loudness um i miss the days of steely dan when i had to turn up my headphones mm -hmm. and listen to the the tiny subtleties in there and i'm not saying you're trying to do that but i do like the fact that if i put my headphones on and listen to one of your pieces there's so much going on if I choose to pay attention to it and exactly. not just, and not just poo poo it for, Oh, it's the kind of music I don't listen to or wow, man, this really bangs, but it's, I don't give it any thought. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, there's plenty of things in those mixes that are completely buried in there. There's um, like yeah. uh, empty space that I should have deleted out of there because I, I need to clean everything up, but nope, there's, there's blips. There's me finishing a check and then you know, slamming my pick down. There's the sound of this space bar on my mechanical keyboard in my vocals. Like so it's, awesome. it's all in the album because I, once I get to a point where I'm on a roll, I understand that I don't really need to clean this stuff up. It's, nice. it needs to be organic in a way. Yes. I'm mostly, using some plugins i'm miking amps i'm doing a mix of both i'm running a pedal board that drop tunes my eight string four semitones so there's that digital sound mm -hmm. detune thing going on and i'm using all of this all at the same time not really staying strict to what a producer should actually do sure it's sure. it's this we're trying to get these songs out and we're trying to stay happy with this project as quickly as possible I mean, we're under a year, pretty much, and uh, an EP and an album and a split are coming out. Mm. <laughs> just, so cool! Yeah, just because Three releases in a year. Yep. 
So cool. So, well, I mean, there's so much we can dive into here, and I, I don't want to keep you all night, but I do want oh, to please. Ask, I do want to ask you a few more questions. Long you want. Please, please. We're so, here. Yeah. So I actually want to bring something up you just brought up, uh, because this wasn't a consideration, but you know, you were talking about hidden or you know, left in so sounds mm -hmm. on, on the new record. And back in 1986, I was working at a, a studio in uh, Portland, Oregon, and this hair metal band came in and they did uh what do you call it crowd like the shout vocals i want out right you know the the butt rock stuff from the from yep. the 80s right oh yeah and i was with the producer and his girlfriend while the band is in here in the studio the producer's girlfriend comes in and stands right behind me and she's just crazy gorgeous right because you know i don't know it's the 80s big hair you know ginger lynn whatever you want to call it and 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 the band you see them all kind of make the face and then they get really into their gang vocals and they're screaming and shouting and everything and uh i took off i come back a couple hours later and the producer is in in the room talking to the band because apparently on the recording they after they finished the gang vocals right they're waiting for the next passage to come up in the song to record the next piece and that one of them starts talking about how they really can't wait to bang the girl that's in the in the producer's room <laughs> and it got really raunchy and i'm not going to use those words because my mom listens to my show but it was really wild stuff and i so i'm just curious is there is there a funny anecdote is there a hidden gem that you know you didn't share yet or is there a funny accident that occurred in the recording process of this album um there's well, gotta be it i mean yeah. i mean there's one i'm thinking of you might be thinking of all of the tracks one. literally all of them okay uh because brandon writes the vocals right and he also records into them the timing of the vocals oh I only do this because Meshuggah does this, and I've only been taking vocals seriously for about a year and a half. So he goes in there and he speaks out because he's the drummer, and Thomas Hockey does this for Meshuggah, so the timing is always going to work out just fine. It's going to be, I don't have to think about it. But in all of the tracks, there's a muted track of him going, I don't like you. And literally, it's all through the entire album. And it's just for me to listen to and be like, okay, I'm obvious I'm not going to go. But, you know, I have to follow along with his timing. So every song has that. Maybe in the future, we'll release just branded vocals for everything. And it'll be nonsense. Absolutely great. It would but, be. We we actually have a track on this upcoming. Uh, uh, this will pretty much be a teaser for people. So this upcoming full length, um, one of the tracks we have a guest feature on. The dude drove here from New York because he couldn't get studio time elsewhere. He's like, "Hey, can I come stay the night with you guys and just record my track at your place?" And we're like, "You absolutely can. <laughs> That's, that would be awesome." So he's here. We're literally just hanging out, and I think I randomly just go. Hey, so let's go do that track real quick. Like just on the cuff. He's like, oh, okay. And comes in, literally bangs it out in one take. Yeah, just we'll bangs see. it out, nails it. And I'm like, dude, this, it was totally different from what I thought it would be. But he, I was like, what you just did was perfect. We don't need to do anything else. And it's to the point where he's, you know, each of these vocal patterns throughout each song are based on a certain character and their perspective and their experiences. So he's portraying a certain character throughout his lyrical part. And 
he has, you know, when you're doing vocals, of course you have inhales in between each take and his inhales are almost like, you know, like, <gasps> like scared, like this character. And we loved it so much that actually the track that's going to be released, his inhales are still in it because it goes with the flow. Uh -huh. And it's when you hear that with some people, I already know some people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, why did they leave this in? I don't like right. this. Other people are going to dig it. To the it's point where different. even he requested for me to uh, get them out of there. I'm like, have oh you God. watched the episode where at the end, before you know all of this stuff happens to him, how panicked he is? You've nailed it. I guess accidentally, totally fine. I'm not deleting them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that's going to be upcoming. Yeah. People are going to hear this and you know, you're just going to literally when you hear it, you're going to hear this dude did all of this. And there was no start stop. Mm -hmm. His entire vocal thing that you're going to hear throughout his whole part is one take. Yeah. Drove five hours and nailed it in like <laughs> a minute and a half. And then we wow. and then ate, ate a dogs. shit ton of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, people are going to hear that and, some people might think, oh, this must be intentional. All of right. this. No, right. it just happened organically. It fit. We kept it. And that's, people are going to hear it. That's so cool. You know, Matt Bellamy from Muse has a habit of <gasps> everything, you right? And they leave everything in. And it sounds like this is the kind of thing where he would even call up and be like, dudes, you got you to gotta cut this crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with anything that we do, some people are going to... I mean, we've gotten everything. Some people, some people have heard our lyrics and been like, "I." We've literally heard people say, "I think these lyrics are dumb," um, but you know what? It, it's everyone's own opinion and interpretation of things. Yeah. Some people won't like it. Some people will be like, "I think this adds depth." You know, it's going to be to each their own. But, but it's, it's it's something that it's going to be just totally on its own mm -hmm. in the album. That yeah. you know, it's it's going to stand out, and I, I fucking dig it. Wow. Wow. I, I'm so stoked. Now, now, I have a feeling if I ask this question, you're not going to tell me, but can you can you tell us who the guest vocalists are? Because I know there's more than one on this record. Mm -hmm. I, I know because I've heard a track from a mutual friend of ours mm -hmm. um, uh, that I believe you authorized or I wouldn't have heard it. Um, but that being said, who, who's, uh, who's, who's guesting on the record? Or who are you going to tell me is guesting on the record? You... You might have heard uh, a track where we have someone featured on the split that yep. we're going to be. That's coming out two weeks before our full length. That is the so one we have that two I heard. Things dropping in May. That's the one. Okay. I heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're on a split with three other bands, and that we have a track featuring Seth from Weston Superman. That's the one. I heard. Um, yeah, so yeah. he's on the split on the full length. Um, it starts out. Uh, I could probably even list off the tracks. I'll try to. So the very first track has Robbie Smith. Uh, famously from Heavy Heavy Low Low, um, but he's also now in Bone Cutter. Nice. Um, and uh, I, I want Caleb's more buddies with him now. Mm -hmm. Like Caleb's actually like, friends with him now. Um, nice. I've met him once, but Caleb actually Caleb could text him right now mm -hmm. and tell him to fart into his phone. And like, <laughs> they're actually like, friends. I command you um, to fart. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have uh, track three is going to have Shave and I call him Dushin. Because uh, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, but Shay from DB Cooper oh, uh, is okay. here on this as well. Um, we have Chris Deering from The Sound That Ends Creation is on track wow. six or seven. I think it might be seven. It's like an interlude type track, mm -hmm. and he, he gets the whole track. I'm not in nailed it. it. And it's he, so good. He did really good. It's like our most honestly like Twilight Zone s track. Like you just hear it, and you're like, what? right. 
Mm-hmm. This is this is different. Um, we got on track ten, I believe it is. We have Charles Cure from Crisis Actor. Wow, um, very good band. Out of he New York. he just joined the like we had a totally different feature planned. The dude just totally just screwed us over hardcore, and just on the cuff at last minute, Charles was like, "I'll do it," and we're like, "All right." And he did it, yeah. <laughs> and he nailed it. The track right after that, track eleven, is uh, is Adam from Oceano, the track that we've already right. released. And I believe those five are the only five that are. Uh, we have thirteen tracks on this full okay. length. Them have features. Of course you do. Thirteen. <laughs> you gotta have. You gotta have thirteen. It's a freaking Sterling record. <laughs> okay, so. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, look, songs are short stories. We get this. Raymond Carver, eat your heart out. But, you know, this new album comes out, I think, on like May 26th, 27th? 27th. Yep. May 27th. Yep. Okay. So, so for titles, I mean, it is Next Stop Willoughby, right? I I didn't miss something, right? That's the name of the album, right? So why did you partic- uh, pick that particular uh, episode of Twilight Zone? You know, I mean, what, why? Uh, I, I don't know. What can you tell us about the new album that we don't know about it yet? You know, why that name? I think it was just kind of like uh, Caleb and I just sort of riffed on stuff. Uh, and I was just kind of like, well, it's our next album. What do you think about something like Next Stop Willoughby? It's our next stop in our journey. Wow. Um, and it's such an iconic album. Uh, album uh episode it is an iconic uh, episode and so and us planning this stuff it basically just boils down to us talking about the twilight zone and our favorite you know episodes and you know and then all of a sudden we start rolling into oh we should do this in the future let's not do this for the album yet let's save this for a different thing so it's just a lot of fun for and we don't really we didn't really want to go in order yeah we're just cherry picking some of the some of our favorite episodes that really hit home for us because that you know twilight zone stuff once you delve into it those episodes some episodes stick pretty hard uh in your mind um there's a good handful in this album that still like uh like it's a good life with uh chris deering i didn't even make it through that episode i shut it off because that kid was way too fucking creepy i'm like this is (laughs) this this episode is so fucked i can't handle it yeah. Oh, and and yeah. Uh, the silence in particular, the ending of that one, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, whoa, that sucks. <laughs> so bad. It's a, it's a mean, it's actually a fairly mean spirited show. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, really it's, something. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really, ju- it really is just a collaboration of us thinking of what episodes we'd like to do and sort of how we'd like to re- represent them. Sometimes we, before any drums or any music was created, we came up with the track list first of what episodes do we want to represent? Mm-hmm. And then we went from there. I mean, honestly, we have, even after this album, we already have our next two releases sort of planned out as far as what we want to do, what episodes we want to do. And then even beyond that, I have certain episodes that I'm already thinking of. I would love to collaborate with this artist because they do musically and it matched this character in the episode i've already thought of that out in the future brandon can you say that again because uh the internet dropped out a second so uh, what was that say that again please oh just uh we so we obviously try to plan things out in the future and so one thing that i i mean we have our next two releases pretty well planned out already and even beyond that, I'm already thinking of, I want to reach out to certain musicians to collab on a certain episode in the future. 
because I know they do something musically that matches up perfectly with what a character in this particular episode does. Right. Um, right. I already know that there's an episode called spur of the moment where there is a high screech from a woman in the episode. Oh, I know a vocalist that does a perfect screech. I'm going to reach out to them. We're going to collaborate on this because it's going to match the episode. And maybe we're the only ones that will know that because we're nerds and love the twilight zone, but you know what? It's, it provides some sort of satisfaction for us well but i mean but guys like me we're gonna go out and look it up i mean we want to know what the heck what's the point right like and like we're like, who doesn't want to know the secrets right so we're gonna go look for them yeah no and we're very thankful for that i mean we've gotten flack for living doll on being some of the worst lyrics ever written because they're just <laughs> so basic but until you look it up and realize that this is literally what the doll said to the dad yeah you know yeah, the, yeah. then it then it'll come together for you like yeah okay yeah the lyrics are basic but just look it up, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all has a purpose. All yeah. of Every single one of our lyrics tells the story or some aspect of that particular episode. Gotcha. That's the whole point of it. Okay, so you've got a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, besides the new record coming out, you like you just told us, you basically said, hey, we've got two, two more albums worth of material or at least in yes. process of writing. Yeah. You know... I don't know. I think a good way to end this is asking about the love of this current album, because I mean, I, I think about like as artists, we're always trying to achieve. We're always trying to go up another rung, right? We're, we're never going to be satisfied. That's the nature of good art. We're always pursuing and we're hoping to bring more along with us as we go. And, you know, for me as a sort of a newbie to the Sterling world, I hear this as a much more fleshed out version, right, of what you do over the stuff I've heard from previously. And a lot of that just has to do with the production and and maybe the the songs have a, a, a bit more goo to them, right? They're a little thicker and chunkier. There's a little more. There's something more to them. But for right now, to the fans or to the new listener, do you feel that this is the most fleshed out version of Serling ever or you ain't seen nothing yet we still have some tricks up our sleeves we still have some plans um in the future that are going to be pretty neat um yeah it's yeah so i i don't think um any more further releases are gonna like be like just the album all over again, sure. maybe one or minus one or two songs. Uh, sure. We're we're still. I still have plans to uh, expand guitar tones a little bit more. Um, going lower sounds like a good idea right now. Um, <laughs> one more string, buddy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, collaborating because I've yet to collaborate with Brandon on drum stuff. Yeah, wow. he's he's going right off. So we haven't really we work together, you know, bit by bit, drums, guitar, lyrics, vocals, but we haven't collaborated on both of these things yet. Mm. So there's still plenty more to go as far as ideas and stuff. Oh, I, I will say that just to sort of tease it out. I've said that, you know, despite we have a split and a full length both coming out in May and we already have our next two releases after that planned. What I can say is that the two releases after that are, I don't think people are going to see them coming, I guess is what I can say. Like it, it's, we already know with one of them, it's sort of going to be heightened musically. 
we already sort of have an idea of what that's going to look like, but it's also, it's going to be different. It's going to stay true to what Serling does as far as telling stories and sticking to our inspiration of why we are even named Serling and our love for the Twilight Zone, but it's just going to take things up another level. And it's going to be something that I think particularly the math core community, I don't want to say has never seen, but it's different. Yeah. It's it's just something that I think people are going to embrace because they're going to be like, Oh, so they're not just doing, you know, what we expect them to do. They're kind of taking things another level. Yeah. I'm excited. And then the uh, one after that, uh, I can tell you that it's an EP planned on just one episode. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, it's funny because all the math core guys, all the fans, all the people who are just discovering you today, every one of them went, right? Like they, all, they all got very excited. That's, that's rad, man. Look, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this today. I, I love the insanity. I mean, I, I get it. The words like bonkers and all this other stuff gets overused, but it is wild, ambitious, crazy, absurd, eccentric, esoteric, weird, awesome stuff. Um, but I want to use one word that I tend to use a lot, so don't roll your eyes, but somehow good music like yours, music that is pure and unadulterated, unabashedly real, is beautiful and and i i think there's something weirdly somehow accidentally really lovely about what you've created so hopefully the listeners of this show will 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 maybe take another chance another stab at listening to what you're doing and recognize not just the genius in there but the intent because the intent is what separates it. And that's why I think you guys are going to have so much success, even in your wild sort of micro genre, because you're doing something for real that nobody's ever done and they can't emulate because they're not you. Well, thank we you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's awesome. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.